Prepare us, fill us, mold us, and use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? The one verse 12 to 13. Let's read it as a family. First Timothy chapter number 1 verse 12 and 13. Are we there? Let's start. Ready, go. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Hallelujah. We started last week talking on the subject transformed for ministry hallelujah transformed for ministry i said to you that for god to use a man god to use a woman he will first have to transform him and then he becomes usable by god hallelujah as we are in our raw form it will be very difficult for god to use us in the Old Testament, you will see that any time God wanted to use a man, he will first anoint him. He will first put his spirit in the man. Then the man can be used. In, uh, on Sundays, we've been talking about Saul, how Saul was transformed from an ordinary, uh, what do you call it, chaser of donkeys, somebody who worked with his father, to become a prophet, a priest, and a king. And that had to go through a process of transformation. Amen. So, and uh, we looked at Paul last week, that this guy was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. And God, in his infinite mercy, decided to use him. I, I like the scripture in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. He said that, he is my chosen vessel, for I, will show, for I will show him how much. He said, but he said to him, go, for he is my chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Next verse. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my namesake. Are you with me? So God chose Saul. He called him Paul. And he said, I have chosen his my instrument. He is the, the one that I'm going to use. And we, are, we have been told that his vessel initially was not a chosen vessel. God had to transform his vessel so he could use him. Hallelujah. And we said that the word transform means, is the, in the Hebrew, it's the hapak. That's H-A-P-A-K. Which means to change, to convert, to, to use, to con to the contrary, convert to the contrary, meaning that if you are this, God has to change you to that, the opposite of who you are, so God can use you. I mean, for most people who are very quiet, God will have to change you and make you an outgoing person before he can use you. If you are an introvert, he will make you an extrovert to use you. Most people who are preachers, the real person is changed to be used. I don't know whether you've noticed it. The person may be very, very loud, and God will make them calm to use them. The person may be very, very quiet, but then God will make them loud and out there before he can use them. So God will always use, will change the, the vessel and then use. I said that it's very unusual if you, you see Coca-Cola in an odd-shaped bottle. You might not drink it, isn't it? You want to recognize the bottle before you drink so if it's shaped like a Coca-Cola bottle, it's easier for you to drink. In the same way, God will shape you to a certain form, then it's easier for him to use you. And then we said that there are three things last week. I'm just re recapping what we talked about last week. For God to use you, he will use what? People to transform you. And then what? Circumstances to transform you. And then spiritual discipline in order to transform you. Hallelujah. Today I want us to look at a few laws, if you like, not laws, but a few 
principles that govern transformation. Amen. A principle is something that doesn't change. Are you with me? The principle, mathematical principles don't change during the equation. How many remember board mass? You understand? Board mass is a principle, mathematical principle. It does not change. Throughout the equation, you have to obey that law. Isn't it? The quadratic equations don't change. They, they, they are constant throughout the calculation till you finish. Am I making sense? In the same way, these laws don't change in the process. The first one is deep, lasting spiritual change is a process. It does not usually happen overnight. Can I say it again? Any deep or meaningful spiritual transformation, let me use transformation. Spiritual transformation is a process. It's rarely an overnight thing. Amen. I, I want us to use this as the first principle because sometimes when we as uh, uh, people that want to be used by God as ministers, we want to see and want to be at the top immediately. I don't know whether I'm making sense. We want God, we want to be healing and raising the dead before we have even learned how to crawl. We want to start running. We want to start soaring. We want to start swimming. We want everything like yesterday. But there is a process. Are you with me? You have to go through the rudiments. You have to go through the process or else you will not last. I said to somebody, it's easy to rise from where you are sitting to the pulpit to become a pastor. All I have to do is to say that from today, I have ordained Abigail as our new pastor. We all clap. And she will immediately come and stand behind the sacred desk. But my appointing her is not the main thing. The main thing that will keep her behind the pulpit for a very long time is something that I cannot appoint. It's something that requires a lot of diligence, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of transformation, a lot of discipline, a lot of things. I mean, Pastor Sam says that he never knew that you have to be a Christian before you can be a pastor. <laughs> because though he discovered that you have to be a Christian first before you can be a pastor, to be a good pastor. Because people will try you. Situations will try you. People will try your last nerve. So you have to be transformed before you can become the vessel. Are you, are you understanding? Which is a process. You have to go through the process. You have to go from one to two to three to four to five to six before you can get there. Otherwise, you, if you start quickly, you will not last. A lot of people who have failed in ministry rose too quickly. They were not tried. They were not taken through the paces. Are you with me? They rushed the, what do you call it, the learning process. You want to be a surgeon, you have to go through what? Many years of medical training, isn't it? After you qualify as a medical doctor, you still need to set more training before you can go more years of training before somebody will give you a knife. How do you want to be a spiritual surgeon without training? Just because you can pray in tongues, just because you can see visions, you think that that's, that's enough. No, no, no. You understand? A lot of people are spiritual murderers that have been released out there. Killing people because they did themselves, they were not trained. I always say that anybody you go and submit to find out who on, under whose feet did they train? Whose hand did they pour water? Not I adjure you by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. That type of minister be afraid of them. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? They were looking for a, a, a prophet and they couldn't find one. And they said, ah, is there not a prophet? Then the, the servant said, around here there is no prophet. There is only um, Elisha who poured water on the hands of prophet Elijah. They said, oh, if he was a servant, then bring him. The word of God is, in, is, is, is inside of him. We can, he, he's a prophet. He has served. So he has gone through the paces. So we can trust him. If he hasn't served, we cannot trust him. Anybody who goes out there, the first question they will ask is that, who is your father? Jesus, when Jesus came up, they asked him, under whose tutelage did you train? And he said, John the Baptist, Jesus, God made flesh. They asked him, who is your teacher? So it means that being tutored and having a teacher is very important. Are you with me? This whole thing is a process. Let's not rush it. Let's go through it. A lot of people, they get too bored when they are going through the process. Some sleep their way through the process because it's boring. They want the action. You know, and, and what we want to do is you want to imitate what you have seen your pastor do. No, 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 no. You can't imitate. You can't copy. It doesn't work like that. Are you with me? It doesn't work like that. Copying is not a, it doesn't work. You have to go through the process. It's like food. A palatable food, you have to add and blend ingredients. And blend, what do you call it? Different ingredients in the right proportions. Join them, heat them, boil them. Isn't it? Mix them. Add, subtract, do th- before it becomes a meal for people to eat. How do you want to be a spiritual meal that people must eat and you are not, you are half baked, half cooked? Acts chapter 1, verse 21 to 23. This is what they, they, they were, uh, Peter and Co. were saying when they were looking for a replacement of uh, Judas. So, therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed to Joseph called Basabas, whose surname was Justice and Matthias. Hallelujah. They said, we need to pick one of the people who have been with us all these years. Because if they've been with us from the baptism of John to now, it means they've gone through the process. And if they've gone through the process, then they can become a candidate of, or they can become a chosen vessel for God because they have been transformed. They have gone through the discipline. You transform raw ingredients into a, a cooked meal. It's been changed from, I, I don't know whether they do that program. They used to have a cooking program. They'll give you a uh, few ingredients and make, make something. What's it called? Master Chef. They give you a few ingredients and say, make a meal out of this. So you have to think how to add these things together, join, join them and make a meal. In the same way, for transformation to take place, God has to join some things, cut some things off, add some things to some things, heat some some things. So you see, when you are going through the heating process, you are being rebuked. Don't get too emotional. When you are being slapped, don't get too Negatively excited. It's part of your process. When I say slap, I don't mean physical. But sometimes by the time you, are, you have been rebuked, you feel like you have been slapped. How many have felt that before? Yeah. It's part of your process. It's part of the training. It's okay. It's part of the transformation. 
Because otherwise, you will not make a good minister. Am I making sense? It involves training, testing, trying, rebuking, you know, chopping off some things. In uh, John chapter 15, it says that the tree that bears fruit, he purges that it may bear more fruit, isn't it? So the purging process is also very important. It's part of our training. Amen. So that God can use us. Hallelujah. How many are getting it? Yeah. So don't be the type of Christian that when you are going through this, this process, you hide. A lot of people hide away when it comes to the time of the process of transformation, they hide. They want to be finished article without going through the process. It doesn't work. The second thing, spiritual change requires a desire from you. God will not transform anybody who doesn't want to be transformed. Hallelujah. How many understand what I just said? God will not impose himself on you. You have to desire. The Bible says if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing. Then these are the things. There must be a desire first. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You must desire to change to become. You must want it. Otherwise, it will not happen. God will not superimpose himself on you. Amen. Listen to what David said in, in Psalm 63 verse 1. He says that, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul tests for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and a, a testy land where there's no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. He was so desirous of God that he went to church to look for God. To see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I'll rejoice. My soul follows closely behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Hallelujah. Can you see a picture of somebody who is really passionate for God? He doesn't, when he's sleeping, he's thinking about him. That is what brings transformation. Are you getting what I mean? Transformation doesn't happen when you are half-hearted. You are almost, you are busy, distracted. Remember on Sunday we are talking about you don't need distraction for the transformation. To, so the first thing that the prophet did with, with Saul was that the problem you are looking for, there's a solution. So let's get it out of the way. The donkeys you are looking for has been found. Now focus on what brings transformation. Hallelujah. Are, are you understand what I'm saying? You need to focus on what brings transformation. The desire, your desire must be to God. So one day, the disciples came and said to Jesus, look, we have left all. Mark chapter 11, we have left all and followed you. And Jesus said, there's no one that has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father for my sake that will not in this lifetime see and reap. Because once you desire me, then you become a prime candidate for transformation. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So you see, you don't casually become a great man of God, a great woman of God, just coming to church casually on and off on a Sunday. On and off. No, 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 no. You have to be the one that you are here on Sunday, you are here on Wednesday, you are here anytime the doors are open. He said, I sought you in the sanctuary. Even when there's no meeting, I'm there. Then you make yourself a candidate. Hallelujah. 
the, the life that we live now is so busy that we can easily be distracted, dis, uh, distracted from serving God and giving our, whole, our all to God. Because as soon as you lie in bed, your mind is tired, your mind is thinking about so many things. But you need to learn how to become like David, how to focus your attention and your desire towards God. Am I making sense? Then you make yourself a prime candidate. If you want to be changed, you have to desire that your content, your, your, your vessel will change. If you are, um, what's the, 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 the one that hasn't got the shape, bottle. Let's say you, are, you want to be a Coca-Cola and your bottle looks more like Fanta. You have to change the Fanta too. Okay. Coca straight. No, Coke is... Yeah, I'm talking about the, the glass one. You have to change the vessel. You have to want the vessel to change. Uh, to be shaped like a Coca-Cola so that you can have that content inside of you. You want to be used by God, then you have to really desire God. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Yes, you have to desire God with everything. That's what brings the change. Are you prepared to pay the price? Uh, I don't know whether you are, I'm, I'm getting through. If you, if you don't, des- you know, the, the two guys that went to Jesus and said, Lord, can, I, can you have one sit on, uh, uh, what do you call it, your right, and one sit on the right, and their mother was, you know, leading the church. Said, yeah, 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 it's okay to deserve, but are you ready to drink the cup that I drink from? Are you willing to pay the price? If you are, then you can become. Hallelujah. The, the price is to desire God. Amen. Remember when in Acts chapter 9, when Saul encountered Jesus. Bible says that when he went into the, the city, the road called Street, isn't it? To the house he stayed there in fasting and in prayer, eating or drinking nothing till Ananias came. He had a certain desire. I, 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 you get what I mean? When, when somebody is fasting, it means they have a certain desire. It means fasting means that you let your, your flesh, the flesh desire, you put it to one side and then you desire God in a certain way. Amen. Next, are you learning the principles? The next spiritual change flows out of intimate relationship with Christ. So the desire is not enough. You have to now develop an intimate relationship. In Acts chapter 4, verse 8 to 13, the Bible says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, Audrey, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to this helpless man, but what means he has been made well. Let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by his name, by him, this man stands here before you. Oh, then this is the stone that we all get. So verse 30, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that he, they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and then they realized that they had been with what? These guys had an intimate relationship with Jesus. And that is what brought the change. He said, that which we have seen, that which our hands have touched, that which we have handled, concerning the son of man. That is what we declare. We have had an intimate relationship with him. So now we can tell you about him. Amen. So we need, we need to have an intimate relationship with God. Amen. 
You must have an intimate relationship with your, with your Bible, with your prayer, with your fellowship with God. Hallelujah. Have you not realized in the Bible, anybody who saw God had a certain um, ministry or a certain importance? I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Anybody that saw God in a certain way had a certain relevance. Amen. When Moses was running around without seeing the, the burning bush encounter, he was one different person. But when he encountered God in the burning bush experience, then he became another type of person. Amen. When Jeremiah encountered God, he became another person. When Isaiah encountered God, he became another person. When the disciples encountered Jesus, they also became something different. Amen. Though the more we love Jesus, the greater will be, uh, will be our motivation to obey him and to make the choices that pleases him. Have you had an encounter? Do you desire an encounter? Because without an encounter, you'll be preaching by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Not the name of Jesus that you know. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. The sons of Sceva, they, they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They were preaching a, a second or third hand message. We adjure you by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. I said, I know Jesus. Caillou. <laughs> Amen. So the process of true change takes place when we yearn, when we win from our love and worship of self, pleasure of the world, and our heart become wholly devoted in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. What number are we on? Number four. All right. Spiritual change requires discipline. I think we talked about this last, isn't it? It requires discipline. A lot of us struggle with discipline. In fact, almost everyone here struggles with discipline. Isn't that true? It's a human behavior not to want to be disciplined. <laughs> or it's a human thing. We don't like discipline. That is why in the prison, they enforce discipline. Because the reason why you break the law is because you lack discipline. I don't know whether you are getting it. Yeah. The reason why we don't achieve much spiritually is because we lack discipline. We like lawlessness rather than being disciplined by the word. I don't know whether you are getting it. The, the, the psalmist says in Psalm 119, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you, you. You know, when you can hide the, the word in your heart, then it means you are embracing discipline. I, I don't know whether you are getting it. Yeah. And the more we discipline ourselves, the more godly we become. That's why, like, in, in this church, we are, we are moving more and more towards the discipline of prayer. Because the more we discipline ourselves to pray, the more we discipline ourselves to fast, the more we discipline ourselves to hear the word of God, the better we become, the more transformed we become. Do you get it? So the more of that discipline you put inside of you, the better your vessel you become to be used by God. Do you, do you get it? Your body doesn't like praying. Your body doesn't like reading the word of God. Your body doesn't like listening to sermons. Your body doesn't like anything spiritual. You, know, you can sit and watch jokes of silly programs on TV all day and not get bored. But try watching a preaching tape. After three minutes, you feel like doing something else. Because your body doesn't like it. You can be there and do anything and not eat, not eat or feel hungry when you are doing something, something, nothing. But when the day you say, I want to fast, immediately your body says, hey, what are you doing? 
The day you decide that you want to fast, that morning, by 9 o'clock, you feel hungry. Meanwhile, normally, you can go up to 3 o'clock without thinking about food. <clears throat> How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> as soon as you tell yourself that today we are fasting, that's to, that your body will say, hey, no. That's when you remember that you are hungry. Normally, you don't never feel hungry. But the day you say you are fasting, that's when your body will tell you that, mm, we are hungry. You can, you can stay up glued to the internet watching or what do you call TikTok and all those types of crazy things and your eyes will not close. But try using the same eyes on the same screen to read your Bible. That, yeah, yeah 30 second video for 30 minutes. Easy, no problem. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Oh, you're preaching. You're preaching. Yeah. Yep. Yes. But you, you want, as soon as you say that, no, I want to watch preaching tape, or I want to listen to a sermon, or I want to read the Bible, or I want to. Immediately, something happens to you. So, bodies begins to itch. Yeah. Try, try that you want to pray at home for like two hours, one hour by yourself. As soon as you start, you see that as soon as you start, you feel itch here. Then you feel, then, then, then your mind will tell you some important things that you, have, you haven't done that you need to attend to. It's your body telling you that I don't like discipline. And you have to learn how to beat yourself and say to yourself, self, we are not going anywhere. Hallelujah. So Paul says in, in uh, Timothy that, listen, I do not fight as one that beats the air. But I discipline and put my body under. You know, so that I will attain the price for which I am in this race or I'm in this fight. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. You need to learn how to put your body under. Don't let this body, the body says today we're not going to church. Have you not realized how the more spiritual you become, the more excuses for not going to church drops off you. It becomes easier to go to church. The more carnal you are, the more you find reasons why you cannot be in church. You give yourself very important reasons why you have to be at home. It's cold, it's raining. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? You've got, you see, when you start dragging this body and drag it, drag it, especially towards spiritual things, after a while, the dragging becomes easier. But when you allow the body to win all the time, then it becomes more and more difficult to do spiritual things. Are you with me? When you allow your body to go through the discipline of fasting, fasting becomes easier. Because your, your spirit man inside of you becomes stronger. And the stronger your spirit, spirit man is, the, it takes charge. Bible says, they that are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. So what makes you a son of God is your ability to let your spirit man lead. I don't know whether I'm making sense. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like today we are praying. Easy. And we pray. Yeah. Today we are, you know, so even as a church, the more we discipline ourselves spiritually, the higher we go in God. Have you not realized that when we were praying one hour, fasting uh, on, uh, what do you call it? It's, is it six to seven? Six to seven. It was like, oh, yeah, it's difficult. We were making a lot of excuses. Why we, then we moved it to 5.30. There was a lot of, there was a lot of fight. Very soon, we moved it to five. Five to seven. 
We're going to move a nejo. We're going to do a nejo. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying. Listen, this this fight with the flesh, you will go through to the day you die. It will never change. It's not. Remember the scripture in uh, I think it's in Luke three, Matthew three. See that, and the devil left. Luke four, sorry, and Matthew four. See that, and the devil left Jesus for an appointed time. The devil never leaves permanently. He will go for a season and come again. Hallelujah. (laughs) So spiritual change requires discipline. Hallelujah. We've got to learn how to put the body under. Amen. We've got to learn how to put this body under all the time. Never ever give the the Bible says, never give place to the devil. Amen. Next one. It's my time up. Okay, let's do one or two more and then we go home. Is that okay? Spiritual change is brought about by the Holy Spirit as we exercise faith and obedience. So spiritual change requires Faith and obedience. Amen. Faith and obedience to the Holy Spirit. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, that therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in, in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. So true spiritual change is initiated and enabled by the Holy Spirit as we obey. Hallelujah. As we obey, then it becomes easier. So when the Spirit says that we are doing this, you do it. The more you obey, the more easier it becomes. The more you disobey, the more difficult it becomes. Hallelujah. How many of you before you could not stay in church past the grace? Give me a wave. Shall we share the grace? Then you start walking. Sometimes by the time they are sharing the grace, you are at the door. By the time they say amen, you are out. As you begin to linger after church, Linger after church, it becomes part of you. Am I making sense? It becomes part of you. It becomes something that you do all the time. And see, real change really takes place after the grace. I don't know whether I, I lost you there. Can I say it again? Real spiritual transformation takes place after the grace. I don't, I don't think they got it. Should I move on? Real transformation is not the 45 minutes of preaching. The real transformation that will really make you become is what is said and done after the grace. As you company with us, then you become transformed. Jesus was preaching from city to city, town to town, village to village, with the disciples following. But the people that he preached to in the sermons never got transformed. The people who became transformed and became apostles from disciples to apostles were the people who were lingering after the sermon has been preached. Like the sower, the parable of the sower. When they preached, one fell here, one fell here. He was an ear, let them hear. Here is the sermon. Everybody, the benediction and grace, they shared the benediction and went away. And then Jesus, then the apostles came, the disciples came to Jesus. What did this sermon mean? 
What is this thing? Is it that the sower is the word of God? Ah, the, 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 sower, the word is the seed. Is the word. The, it fell here. This means that. This one's the chokers of the world. This means this. And this means, aha. Uh-huh. That was not during the sermon. That was after the sermon. <laughs> I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. So real true transformation is not during the sermon. Jesus said that for these people, their ears are dull of hearing. So I don't waste my time to explain to them. I just preach and they go. Now for you, I'll take my time and break it. This is what the parable means. That thing hasn't stopped. It's still happening today. The real transformation, real ministry is is when you hang around, then you become. Because when you hang around, you see things that are not said but are done. You know, like, as a preacher, I say things that, I, I do things that I don't see. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. There are a lot of things that I do that I never preach it. So if you are waiting to hear it, you never hear it. But if you come closely, then you will see some things. Oh, I don't know whether I've lost you there. Amen. So as you obey, as you stay on, as you linger on, then you become more and more and more affected by the things that happen. Amen. That's why when somebody says, oh, I've been a Christian for years, it doesn't mean anything. In the years that you were a Christian, were you lingering or you just came for, were you part of the crowd or you were part of the apostles, the disciples? Where were you? I don't know whether I'm, 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 am I losing you? Because if you're part of the crowd, you, do, you are not a Christian yet. Amen. It's only when you, the Bible says, therefore shall we know if we follow on to know. When you linger on to know, then you can become. Amen. So, it is of the grace which we have received. We persevere in humility and obedience by faith. In James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25, it says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wicked, wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word of God, which is able to save your soul. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. If a man is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who observes his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately he forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues, the word is what? Continues. When he continues in it, and is not a forgetful he- hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Hallelujah. It's the continuation of the word to become a doer that brings transformation. Amen. Last one for today. It is possible to be transformed. Never ever think that you are beyond transformation. <laughs> Never ever think that way. God can use anybody and everybody, including you and I. Amen. So never ever exclude yourself. A lot of us, when we see certain people being used in a certain way, we feel that, oh, that disqualifies me. I can never become like this person. All of us can. In a great house, there are many vessels, some to honor, some to dishonor. But if a man purge himself, then he becomes what? Meat for the use of the master. 
All we need is that desire. All we need is to understand that we can be used by God. To understand that you can be a, the next Smith Wigglesworth. Just understand that. Because that understanding brings a desire. Amen. But when in your mind you exclude yourself, then that cannot happen. But as soon as you exclude yourself, you cannot go through the discipline. Amen. So let us understand that we can be. The scripture that we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, but we all with unveiled faces beholding us in the mirror, the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, from one glory to another glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. We are being transformed. So as we have started the journey, as we continue, then we become more and more. Amen. The more, it's like, I said that it's like makeup. The makeup can transform your face, isn't it? Sisters, am I? I saw a funny TikTok. I won't share share it. It's okay. (laughs) I shouldn't share it. I won't share it. I should share it. This beautiful lady fell into a swimming pool and she couldn't swim. So she was drowning. So all the guys went around to try and move her out of there. The, 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 when they took her out of the water and the real face came, they all, they all jumped out. They left her in the middle and started running out of the pool. <laughs> because she was made up. <laughs> But you see, the spiritual transformation is like a makeup. The layer, one layer, another layer, the foundation, isn't it? You put the foundation, then they do the inner eye, then they do the, the lashes, then they do the, I don't know why they put this red, yellow, or red thing. What do you call it? Hey, Biki, how did you do? Uh, okay. <laughs> then they put some some highlights in the middle of the nose. Contour. Contour. And then concealers. Hey, Pastor Sam. Yeah. Me, I have a daughter. I have a daughter and she's very good at at it. So I'll be watching her. The problem that my daughter has is that she hasn't got good students or good, what do you call it? How do you call the clients that she works on? Yeah, she has very, very bad clients who have no idea what it means to do makeup. <laughs> so as she starts, then you'll be fidgeting. Say, Stand still. Sister, it's okay. At the point, say it's okay, it's okay. I'm not doing it anymore. So it always starts nicely and ends badly. It always, almost um, nine times out of ten, starts nicely, but by the end, the real work that she wanted to do never works. Because by the time she's finishing the aquarelling. It always starts beautifully, but it never ends well. Anyway, before I get into trouble, it is a lifelong, transformation is a lifelong, sometimes painful process. Amen. It never stops. We are being transformed from one glory to the other glory to the other glory. So never think that you have arrived. So Paul says that not that I have already attained, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind, I press on towards the mark of the price of the high calling so that I may obtain and understand the reason why I was apprehended. Hallelujah. Because if you don't press on, 
the transformation will never ever finish. So it's a process. It's a lifelong process. It will finish the day you die. Hallelujah. All right. Is there any questions before we pray? If you have a question, let me know. If you don't have a question, either you are not interested in the subject or you are bored by it. Sorry? Is there? Learning has taken place. All right. Any questions? If learning has taken place, there will be a question. Tina, is there a question? Yes. Didn't yeah. Okay, so the question is, how do you practically discipline yourself to read the Bible? Number one, set yourself up in the right atmosphere, in the right posture. Do you understand? It's it's it's. It's very difficult to read whilst lying down, especially the Bible. <laughs> you will sleep. Have a fixed time. Have a fixed place. If it's a table, behind a table, a desk, you know, that you sit. Have a notepad and a, a pen. It's like any time you're going to study your, what do you call engineering or whatever. You sit in a certain posture. You know, when I, start, I started, really, it was very difficult for me to do it at home. So I went to sit in a library. At a certain time in the day, I sit in the library and I read. And I make notes. Because it was easier in the library than at home. Because at home, I'll get up and go and make some sandwich or something. Then I'll come and sit there. Then I'll go and do this. I'll go and do that. So in, by the end, the 30 minutes I wanted to use to study, I use it to do walk around or do something. But when I go to the library, the reason I went to the library because I want to do a character study. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's easier. But make yourself, I mean, there are different, it's a discipline. It's like you want to go to the gym. If you, are, if you don't set yourself at a certain time to go all, all the time, it will be difficult to maintain that regime. I don't know whether you are. So you make yourself, if you are a morning person, do it every morning. If it's afternoon or whatever, do it at a certain time. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Any other question? That was a good question. Telis, question? Yeah? So sometimes at work, there's a specific hour that's yours, break time, or in between one job to the other, you have that break. If that is a consistent time, and that's what you have, then use that. Do you understand? If you can tie it into an activity, 
I mean, yeah. I'll I'll give you an example. Like I had, I had um, a time break time is lunch break is one hour, so there's a room I go to to go and do my mind there, or go into your car or find a place. There's always you can always. I don't know the activities, but at least there's always a time that is, even if it's, you're working eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, there's always one lunch, a break time that is yours, that you can seclude yourself. If that is, because you know that the way you are, by the time you get home in the night, it's too, you are tired. Plus, you have family to take care of and everything. And there are different emergencies because you have kids. So if you leave it to that time, you will never do it. The understand, but in between work, that is your time. So that will, uh, my my suggestion would be use that time. Yeah. So yeah, like what she's saying, you tie it to an activity, like before. Really, it's like anything. If you are determined, you'll find a way. If you are determined, you'll find a way to do it. All right. Any other question? Yours? Oh, the encounters, the encounters is important. The encounters come when God sees your heart, that you are, that desire is what generates the encounter. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the encounter will not start if God doesn't think you're serious. He won't show himself to you. But once you show yourself as somebody who is, who is desirous of him, God will bring that encounter. Are we Okay. Have we learned something? Yes. Well, I wish we had microphone for those who are listening and are not here. But it's okay. It's fine. Next time they should be here. How do you not get frustrated during the process of the transformation? I think that it's, it's, it's easier and better when you, you approach a mentor or somebody and explain. Because that journey, I'm, I'm sure whoever is ahead of you has gone through it before. And they can encourage you with certain things. I don't know whether you have answered your question right. But it, it's part of us. It's part of everyone's journey. Where you are. It, it's like what we are talking about. Is you can use it for, uh, what do you call it, physical exercise, like going to the gym. They are frustrating times. But those who are ahead of you will tell you that, yes, it's, it's part, but then this is how you do it, or that's how you do it. Have I answered the question? Yeah. Any other? Are we Okay. This is the last one. I'm not taking any more. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. You say it. Then I'm Grace will help you. So that was a, a contribution more than a question. Yes. Mm. Encounters are part of the, the transformation.
Every encounter is different. Encounters are different. Like in the Bible, you realize that there's somewhat a longer encounter and it gave a more, made them like the, the I always say, the uh, prophets, major prophets and the minor prophets, it dependent on the encounter with God and the amount of word they had. That's what makes you higher or puts you in a certain level. But it, that encounter also grows when you desire more of it. You get it? All right. Let's stand to our feet.